another beautiful day at Six and Daniel. Someone was talking to me uh, because a lot of times I'm I'm really honest about the weather outside. And they're like, Ryan, you don't have to always say that it's actually not beautiful outside. Because sometimes, like, hey, you know, because it, it actually is today. It's January. It's always gray in central Illinois in January. And it's actually cold here. But it's always beautiful in these hallowed halls. So it's another beautiful day here at Six and Daniel. And today with me, I have another illustrious alum. Uh, Misha Shah, who is a senior communication strategist, storyteller, people, and organizational expert joining me today. Welcome. Thank you, Ryan. Happy to be here. Oh, man, I appreciate you reaching out. I sometimes we have this uh, psychology networking um, group on LinkedIn. So if anybody wants to find us, uh, you're more than welcome to. And I kind of threw it out there that I'm always looking for guests and I'm always looking to engage with alumni. And you're one of the first ones to be like, I'm in. And I'm like, I love that. Let's go. So um, thanks again for, for putting yourself out there and, and, and welcome and to be on the show. So um, we're going to get into what exactly it is you do, because I threw out a lot of big words about, you know, communication strategists, uh, internal communications, things of that nature. But before we do all that, listeners of the show know we got to do the fast five. So yes, change management is coming. Internal communications are coming. But five questions that I'm going to ask you that aren't, you know, too difficult. They like, okay. like to call it the warm seat. It may take a little bit of thought, but I'm not I'm not asking for the meaning of life or I'm not asking for your deepest, darkest secrets here. Just a little something to get to know you and to uh, set the pace a little bit as we go along. So are you ready? Okay. Yep. Sounds good. I'm going to start with, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it's good, but it's also bad. That's, I thought it was kind of a fun question. What is your favorite chore? Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> right. So nobody um, likes to do chores, but everybody, I believe, yeah. has a favorite one. So it's either satisfying after you complete it or it's actually, yeah. you know, something that you enjoy doing at the time. Agree. No one likes chores, but I, I feel very fulfilled once they're done. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say a favorite, this isn't like a weekly or daily chore, but just anything that has to do with organizing and decluttering. Mm. Um, so it's just the best feeling, you know, they say, they say yeah. that you will relieve like more than half your stress if you do that. And it's true. So yes, if I have the time, it's more like maybe a monthly chore, but um, just where I find corners of the house where I start getting rid of things and sometimes get rid of the wrong things. My family yells at me, wouldn't you throw away? <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, that, I would say that's my favorite. Man, I'm gonna have to give the family food, family feud, a good answer, good answer, because <laughs> it strikes me like when I'm trying to close that drawer for the 15th time, yeah, and it doesn't yeah. because that cord is sticking out of it, and it's like exactly. I keep, but I gotta tuck it underneath the thing, like I do. Why am I tucking it underneath the thing again? Right. So let's right. take this drawer out. <laughs> I have 19 chargers for this <laughs> device. Exactly. Yeah. Half of them yes. are wrapped up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Nice. Well played. All right. Um, recently, and one of the reasons we had to reschedule this podcast, we had some ice days slash snow days. And luckily, my kids' school, they didn't make them go to an e-learning day, which I hear is is popular now. And I feel bad for the kids that can't have just like 
true traditional snow day. Yeah. But we had them when we were a kid. And yeah. hit us with your favorite memory or an activity during when you had a snow day when you, you were younger. Were you in let's go out and play in the snow and make a fort kind of person? Or did you cozy it up inside? What was kind of paint a picture of your snow day? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like you said, our, our kids, like they have devices, which, you mm-hmm. know, I think back then our version of devices was the television. <laughs> right. So I, you know, I do remember like my sister and I, we would just watch a lot of TV <laughs> on snow days. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, we, you know, that, and then we probably, I think I just remember grilled cheese sandwiches and, oh, yeah. you know, watching TV. I think we got out in the snow and did a little sledding, but my like first instinct was to be all cozied up inside. <laughs> I agree. Which, yeah. P- yeah. PJs, PJs way too late. Yes. Getting able to watch Prices Right was always exactly. Like a, you never yeah. got to watch Prices Right because yes. you're always at school. I and think we embarrassingly was... just watched a lot of soap operas. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah, three hours of soap operas. <laughs> Well, that kind of seemed like forbidden TV when you were little, you know, That's because exactly was, why it. is it on when I'm not home? What am I yes. missing here? Parents What's going on here? And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the music seems menacing. What is going yeah. on exactly here? <laughs> Fantastic. Um, hmm. Okay. Here's a would you rather. Would you rather have everywhere you go theme music? behind you so you know you trip and fall and or you know you're having a happy moment hey and or would you rather have someone narrating your life like say like a morgan freeman like oh amisha sat down in front of her laptop and decided to be on a podcast today yeah which you think would be (laughs) more appealing or less annoying i guess I would say, I don't know that my life is exciting enough to have theme music. Um, (laughs) So I don't know if I would live up to the theme music, but I love the idea of narration, especially by a voice like Morgan Freeman. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, if it was even, I don't know if you're familiar with Tim Allen's Michigan commercials. He does. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It was a voice like that. I think like it could like feed into my pretty steady life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Make it sound even cooler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree. I originally was in the uh, music camp, except like stressful situations. Like anytime I feel like if I had anxiety, I don't want to know what the music that accompanies that is. That's you know? so true. I, yes. I feel like that would elevate it like that That's much more. That's a great more. point, actually. <laughs> <laughs> stop. Just stop, yeah. please. Yeah. All right. Um, what is your least favorite food? Ooh. That's such a hard one for me. I mm-hmm. It's so cliche, but I almost like everything. Like I'm right. not a picky eater at all. I love like healthy food. Um, I love non-healthy food. So I don't know that I have a least favorite food. Wow. I Yeah. I mean, I'm vegetarian. So by default, mm-hmm. I don't like meat or I don't sure. eat it. <laughs> um, that but, counts. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably it. But I all probably... Right prefer healthy food over non-healthy but i mm-hmm. i love you know getting my dose of french fries and pizza and all of that too but if i have too much of it i start to dislike it <laughs> yeah no kidding it'll it'll get yeah. to you we were yeah. uh i was also having that conversation with my kids as i'm trying to expand their palates you know that it's yeah. like 
you're not going to always like everything. You know, yeah. like even yeah. as you grow up, you'll probably have something that you won't eat or no, but no. Right. your your answer of meat. If you're putting in the work to be a vegetarian, then that is a perfectly acceptable answer. <laughs> All right. And the last one. Um, what is or what do you believe is either your favorite or the best feel good movie? So, like, let's say I've arrived on this planet i've never seen a movie before i'm having a bad day and you're like you know what you should sit down and watch this movie and it'll pick you right up hmm. so i would say i mean this is probably one of my favorite movies anyway but mm -hmm. it is a feel good is 13 going on 30 um oh, with Jennifer yeah. Garner and mark ruffalo i just love that movie because you know part of why I was excited to do this podcast. I'm a very nostalgic person. So, um, <laughs> you know, that movie's like all about, yeah, you, you know, you, you want to grow up really fast and then basically you miss, miss the old days. And mm -hmm. um, it's, I mean, if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it's a good, good, quick, you know, just easygoing movie and um, a fun one. And I love Jennifer Garner anyway. So. Yeah, absolutely. And family friendly. There's nothing really like, you know, yes. offensive or, Totally. That's, great That's always important to know. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, know who you can sit and watch it with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. There's a lot of really uh, offensive stuff 20 minutes in, but you exactly. Know. Exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. Off the warm seat. Not too bad. Right. No, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get it. You said it yourself. Nostalgic. You, uh, you know, you're in high school. Yeah. You decide you're going to come to the university of Illinois. Are you from, Illinois. I yeah. know you kind of settled there now, but are you yeah. from there originally? Yeah, I'm, I've lived here my whole life in the suburbs of Chicago. I, I say to everyone, I'm from Chicago, but you know, I'm not really <laughs> from Chicago. <laughs> it just sounds cooler to say you're from Chicago. Um, sure. But yeah, I actually, my kids are going through the same school district that I went through when I was younger. Wow. So definitely in the same place and haven't, haven't moved much. Yeah. And you know, U of I was I mean, now it's even more popular or like just very well known in this area. But even back then in the 90s, it was um, a sure. true honor to, to you know, say you're going to University of Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> and you settle on, uh, you know, my department. I call it mine because I'm the only one on the microphone now. But uh, yeah, you settle on psychology and you, yeah. you decided to double major with speech communications. When in your journey did this kind of morph together when when you know did you know day one like all right you know i'm definitely gonna mix psychology and communications together are you that well planned or was this something a, a certain course or a divine intervention that, that that took you to uh put these two pieces together yeah no so i would say my path was not like well it wasn't sought out exactly this way. It wasn't mm -hmm. super traditional. In fact, um, looking at my like high school yearbook, senior year thing, I think I, I had something that said I was going to go into advertising or journalism. And then I got to U of I and um, I'm, I can't even tell you exactly when I decided to do psychology instead but I knew that I wanted to do something um, that was related to people. I think I was a little bit nervous about journalism becoming a career. I had heard like it's it could be, you know, and and you probably are familiar with this. It could be a lot of work. It could be it could be really hard to land a job, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, okay, let me let me try something that's maybe a little bit more 
practical. Um, so I think I just started taking a couple of psychology courses and really liked the people aspect of them. And I probably got through maybe my sophomore year and, and I thought this is great, but I'm missing that passion for communications, which originally was coming out of journalism um, and my interest in journalism. So I took a couple of communications courses, um, had a couple of great professors and wanted to take more courses. And as I, you know, started doing all of that and evolved, realized I could take enough classes to make it um, a major. <laughs> um, and that worked out yeah, great. Man. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how it all fell together. Um, but I think there was still, okay, what am I going to do with this now? Um, you know, I, I didn't necessarily want to become a psychologist um, and I didn't know exactly what I was going to do with the communications aspect, but I got to, I think, just attending a few um, sort of career sessions. And I realized there's this whole field in organizational psychology, which is kind of putting, you know, uh, people and organizations um, together and, and and helping them operate better um, from a psych, you know, from a psychology perspective, but I could also uh, enhance and use my communication skills as well. Absolutely. And that's one thing I, you know, I always tell the listeners that I'm I'm not a psych major. So, uh, you know, I just host, I just host this. What is it? The, you know, I stayed at a holiday and express or, you know, I, I play one on TV. I just host yeah. a psychology podcast. So I always love to learn from all my guests as it is. And, you know, when I heard about, you know, IO, um, mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, you know, I don't know anything about human resources. I just figured yeah. that was that you, you saw them, your first day, you know, when you're onboarding and you fill out your, 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 your health stuff. And then yeah. if you, if you hear from them again, you're in trouble. That was like my <laughs> knowledge of HR, yes. you know, yeah, heading into the workforce. View. So yeah. I love to hear like all these other aspects and things, especially you've worked with some, you know, well-established companies. So tell mm -hmm. um, myself and mm -hmm. of course, some of the listeners that might not admit that they don't know what, what, you know, I, I like to ask those questions. Someone you yeah. know, would be like, Oh, that's a dumb question. No, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I'm ignorant. So um, tell me about change management or internal yeah. communications or some of the things you do to, to benefit these companies. Sure. Yeah. And while it's increasingly grown in popularity and awareness, um, it's a great question because not everybody has the same understanding of what change management is. Mm -hmm. So Essentially, change management is um, it, when you're talking about an organization, of course, you could have change management personally, if you're going through any personal change journey, um, et cetera, but professionally sure. or in the workplace, it's typically when an organization of any size is trying to transform or implement change of really any size. And it could be like people changes. So it could be an or redesign new leaders. It could be a new culture due to like a merger or acquisition, et cetera. Then there's like policy, process, technology type of changes. And mm. some of those are small. It could be, a, you know, several policy changes that um, a like employees have to get used to, to and they have to do their jobs differently. There could be process changes where day to day, um, everything that they're doing from point A to point Z could be changing. It could be maybe outsourced. It could be um, just something's going away altogether. And then I would say one of the biggest changes that most companies go through constantly are technology changes. So implementing, you know, new payroll systems, new, um, you know, inventory management system, whatever it may be. But 
implementing some type of big technology um, and changing their infrastructure enough where it actually will affect everything. It'll affect right. their jobs, their roles, their the policies, processes, everything. So change management is helping people through that change journey, um, which typically is like first helping them become aware of the change, understand it. Um, and then essentially accept it and commit to it. Right. I was about to say, because I would assume more often than not that this isn't always welcome news. You That's know, it's like, this is, this, Most often this, is, this yeah. is a process we've been doing my whole time here for 10 years. And you're telling exactly. me we're getting a whole new software now. Right. What? Right. Or like, you know, I've yeah. been, this has been my supervisor's structure and now we're switching yeah. that all up, you know, so yes. that it's has to be difficult. hundred percent. I mean, it's, Definitely, you know, and that's what I love about it. The fact that it is challenging and you're really helping people. You're helping bring people along through something that's not easy for them. Um, You know, and while leaders may have bought into the change because they're sponsoring it typically, that doesn't mean everybody else has. So it's like trying to understand where everybody is in the change journey and then using communications, training, other things to help bring them along. Yeah. I mean, we're creatures of habit. So yeah, if things yes. change, yeah. like, yeah. we, and fear, it's change. Funny we as, fear change. Like, right. Somebody who's dungeon <laughs> management, I feel like I'm not very great at it myself in, in, <laughs> in, in, in real life. Yeah. So. And then on the internal communications, that just goes hand in hand with that. Then it's just learning how to best convey that message to the company or mm-hmm. get get those exactly. points across. Yeah, I mean, it, the communications aspect is critical to, you know, helping a change um, implementation be successful because, it, you know, you want to be as transparent as possible, yet you don't want to, like, scare people. You want leadership to sponsor the change and, like, be the voice of the change. But then you also want somebody, you know, people that others trust. So we often um, we often engage with change champions or we identify people who are like passionate about the change or willing to help with it. And they'll kind of become our voice um, for a lot of the changes. And then we want to make sure we're sort of, our messaging is seamless. So it's like kind of included in your day-to-day communications, but then we also have more like special editions of whether it's like town halls or messages, um, you know, special newsletters, depending on the magnitude mm-hmm. of the change to really help address it. So now is this best equipped, or similar tactic used for all types of change? Or, I mean, is this just a, an experience thing? Like the more that you've been in the, industry you can kind of see how you know to dovetail to different tactics depending on what change is like i'm just trying to get a pinpoint on the training of this because it's like you know i assume different change comes with different techniques of how to cope is that from learning is do you go through training for that then or is this just an experience thing where it's like well that went over like a blood balloon next time maybe we should or you know Yeah, no, definitely. I would say it's a big mix of like some formal training, but really it's a lot of the like just the lessons learned from previous um, implementations. And, you know, fortunately, you know, definitely my education um, at University of Illinois helped me like kind of think critically. A lot of it's like critical thinking, problem solving, like identifying what is the current state to future state. And then I think my very first job that I was recruited from um, right out of college at Accenture, I mean, they were just 
I would almost feel say that, you know, go as far to say they were like pioneers in change management. They had a whole change management practice that I got recruited into. Nice. And we had formal training there. And I worked with some excellent leaders who had background in change management that I learned a ton from. And then every time I was at a different client, because it was a consulting company, each each situation was unique. Um, but it was like you could apply the same principles, but customize them a little bit to the situation. And then I think I've done the same as my career's progressed. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. And I, I didn't mention you also have your master's from Northwestern. Um, I'm also, uh, you know, touting your experience and your education as I transition my question into your own personal change. Um, yeah. As of recently, you were working with Wayfair for a, a few years now, uh, yeah. a little over three years in. I don't know if anybody saw the article, but they've just let go of about 13% of their, their entire workforce. So, yeah. you know, with the pros and cons of working for large corporations, um, you know, sometimes there's stability and sometimes there's, there's, you know, peelbacks. Yeah. Um, but this is an opportunity for positive change. You know, you're, you're the one yeah. equipped to equip to, yeah. To handle that, you know, and and, and see change coming and, and spin that, um, you know, for some of the listeners, you know, that have maybe never gone through that. That kind of seems like such a scary thing, but um, it's it's also an opportunity and a chance to take a breath and, and really, you know, assess things and, and find new beginnings. So kind of talk with us about what's going on. you know, it sounds like it came out of left field and, and kind of smacked you a little bit and, and, <laughs> and how things are going moving forward. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, it is a good opportunity to kind of help others realize that, you know, there is, there, there's no straight path um, in life, mm -hmm. but definitely right. in, even in your career, you know, I think where I ended up when I joined University of Illinois to where I am today, it was not all planned the way the way that it turned out. And there were lots of great things and, and some some moments that were more challenging. Um, and, yeah, I'm going through one of those moments right now. Um, you know, I will say when I joined Wayfair, it was it was a different company. They were doing really well with um it was COVID. So everybody was redesigning their homes. They had great success due to that. Oh, and like sure. many companies, things, you know, either changed for the better or, or possibly, you know, not didn't um, didn't go to sort of the same momentum once COVID was over. <laughs> right. um, so that's kind of kind of where it was. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, but I will say I, I learned a ton in my time there. I thought I had like all this great change management experience, which, you know, was helpful, but I had never actually um, provided like communication support around the, the volume of changes that Wayfair was mm. implementing. Um, I supported their customer service organization. So I was leading change communications and employee experience communications for that particular part of the company. And, you know, I had true appreciation of how much agents actually have to handle on a day-to-day -day basis and then, you, <laughs> you know, change wow. things on them. It's even harder. And right. I have to remember that they're not just sitting at their desks all day reading emails from us. Like they don't have time to do that. So it was very, um, we had to be very creative and think about ways to reach them and get their attention in the small little breaks they had between phone calls and customers. Mm. Um, so I think that was a great learning. Um, but yeah, I also, you know, I also learned that sometimes things are, you know, 
not going to go as planned and, um, you know, being, being part of this recent reduction in force just, um, has just made me, you know, while, while it's difficult, it's made me realize there's, there's, you know, I think I just saw a great quote the other day, like what's coming is, is going to be, you know, better than what you had. So it's just onto the next, next best thing. (laughs) Um, and building from, from what I had and the relationships I made at Wayfair, lifelong relationships, I truly will value, um, both professionally and personally, (laughs) but I think it's important for people to know every time there's a bump, it's, there's a reason you won't see it right away, but it will come. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, sometimes even if you think you're in the, in the, in the right spot, there's even a better spot right around the corner. And, yep. um, and important to just not freak out and, uh, yep. and it's not, you know, take a minute, enjoy yourself. You're supposed yeah. to be in, in, in general, you know, you want a, a good work life balance as it is sometimes, it's impossible to do such or really difficult. Now you have a moment to get a little on that life side as you search for the next uh, part to pick up. Um, you know, we were talking before we started, I I came from the the radio field yeah. and um, there was a lot of change going on. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> the, the, the internet, the internet, um, iTunes, um, uh, you know, the, the very good company that's, uh, broadcasting this um podcast or podcast yeah. in general and 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 spotify all these things made people less and less hungry for radio and as i saw the yeah. writing on the walls and and the and industry you know shrinking what i thought was my career and dream job in radio was slowly you know moving away from me but you know i yeah. took a beat I love my job now and I can bring some of those aspects to, you know, psychology never had a podcast before. And, you know, you just figure out a way to, to work. Oh yeah. I definitely have the DJ voice. (laughs) Oh, thanks. (laughs) Uh, And I saw, you know, we're, uh, we're connected on, on LinkedIn and I saw a lot of, a lot of people reaching out and it seems like you found a great network and there's, that's going to make things exciting as well. How about, you know, 100%. I think the people you meet along each step in your career journey, like I, I never thought I would be, you know, still close friends going out to lunch with a close friend of mine from Accenture. We met in like 1998 and we're still close. And she's actually a U of I graduate too, but we didn't meet at U of I. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so cool. I think it's, it's really, that's the stuff you take with you and you know, the rest, the rest is history. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, now that you mentioned it, let's, let's go back to you by, if you didn't go to school with her, what was your experience like here? Did, you know, did you, when people, we just got to the point where a lot of people found out if they're accepted or not there's a lot yeah, big, that. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun on social media right now yeah. you know I, i'm an alumni um but when there people are making those decisions as kids in high school when i went to college i didn't go with any of my friends mm-hmm. so like and it was like a whole new experience for yeah. me um so did you come with the group of friends from high school did you come on your own what was your kind of path into the because it can be kind of an intimidating place when you first get here oh yeah 100 percent um yeah so i knew a lot of people going there nice and had close nice. friends but again here's you know things things don't always turn out as you Changed. imagine um yeah i met <laughs> a whole new group of people you know right who, like now they basically became my family away from home and 
um, we're still friends. We may not see each other often. We all live in different states, but we connect and it's like you just there's something about those college friends and you know I'll I'll be biased about you bye but you you just it's like you pick up right where you left off like you were just hanging out on the quad and you know you may not be on the quad now but you're you still have those same deep conversations you laugh a lot um you know it's different topics now you know life maybe is heavier than it was in college but it's it's sure. still just um yeah i i really enjoyed I think it was good for me too. I, I was, t- you know, sort of more introverted on the shire side. Um, you of I like brought out a lot in me, um, you know, where I now consider myself a social introvert, you know? <laughs> okay. Um, so I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I think it was really, really good for me. And I, yeah, uh, just huge, huge fan of the memories of my time there. <laughs> and Again, before recording, you mentioned that you were on campus relatively recent. Mm-hmm. What places do you miss the most? <laughs> like that, that yeah, you've seen the the changes that have happened around yeah. here. I mean, let's. What is it like? Oh, why did they possibly get rid of <laughs> X? Yeah, it is funny because we I, we also came with our kids. My husband went to U of I too, but we didn't know each other there either. And so wow, we brought so our cool. kids. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. We have a lot of the same memories just not <laughs> right. with each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, so I was always a big fan of Murphy's. Like I equated mm. to like cheers. You walk in, everybody knows your name or there's always somebody that was there to hang out with. So, um, and my niece and nephew go there now. So we took them to Murphy's Ooh. and you know, um, I was like, oh, they don't have the jukebox here anymore. And all of that. <laughs> it's so just, yeah, definitely missed that. But um, I don't know, it still like smells the same and felt the same. Um, and I think the union was like my home away from wherever I was living on campus. Like, I think I spent the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. I was actually, I worked at the information desk, which you know, no longer is necessary. People use, oh, yeah, <laughs> use their true. phones to look up things, but I loved working there because people would walk in and ask me the most random questions about campus. And that was in the union. So I spent a lot of time there. Um, so those, That's at cool. least they remain, but it's definitely a lot more modernized, a lot more chain restaurants, a lot more, you know, fancy stuff. Oh my God, all this, like even my niece and nephew, the places they live way nicer. Oh yeah, <laughs> some of the dining went. halls right now are, yeah. are like, well, yeah, gourmet. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But I will say, yeah, the food scene around here has evolved into. Yeah. I mean, I once I started working here, you know, a few years ago, I uh, I've been eating well. <laughs> I, I, I you know, imagine. they talk. Yeah. yeah, they talk about that freshman fifteen. You know, when you get <laughs> to college, I think yeah. it was my first year of working here. I think I put on like you know a a, a floor three thirteen. I I've definitely been using the stairs. Oh, we're in one funny. of the t- the taller buildings. I'm yeah, like, it's maybe dangerous. I'll walk Too up many to choices. Aiden down. <laughs> right? yeah. it's, so, it's so good. Yeah. yeah, and the psychology building's in a great location. It's close to everything. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, oh, I'm just a block away. I guess I can go over and get a few tacos. You exactly. Know, why, not? why not? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also enjoyed Espresso Royale a lot right next to the psych building. Is that even still there? Unfortunately, okay. there's a new one. So okay. the 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 old uh, one that many people lament, yeah, it uh, yeah. had a lot of character. It was very oh, cool. totally, yeah, loved right. that place, yeah. So we're trying to break in the new one. So they uh, okay. tore down everything across the street from Cam's on down to the corner, oh, and okay. put up a big, huge a building taller than the psych building. So now we're wow. not even we're dwarfed on our own corner, <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Yeah. 
they're slowly putting uh you know there's some retail spaces in there so we we, yeah. we did get a new espresso so we're we're we're, we're breaking it in it'll okay. get there. i'll have to come check that out one day yeah definitely. <laughs> all right do you have any advice for our students listening now i, I think you've given them a, a another career path option to choose uh, i love we haven't had any uh, communication and psychology person on before. And I'm happy to have that. Cause that's my now back. I am a communication yeah. person that's in psychology and your psychology communication. So yeah. what, what advice do you have for any students? It doesn't have to be psychology related. It can be anything yeah. having to do with the whole college experience. Yeah. I mean, I think my biggest advice would be just keep trying new things. Don't feel like you have to like pigeonhole yourself. Um, obviously you don't want it to be like graduation day and you're not sure what you're doing at all, but <laughs> you know, particularly for the younger folks use like freshman year, sophomore year to talk to a lot of people, people in careers that you might be interested in, try different classes, um, you know, and really balance. It's, you know, so true. Work hard, play hard. Like you will not get these types of four years back ever in your life. I mean, my kids get a little offended when I keep saying they were the best four years of my life. (laughs) 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 You know, um, but, you know, really like it's, you'll never have this sort of um, freedom and lack Mm. of responsibility for anybody else or anything else while you're still growing as a person. So take advantage of it and um, do all the things the university offers and, and um, let your career kind of come to you. Don't feel, don't force yourself to, you know, form a career that you may or may not. And there's so many options these days. It's not, everything is not as, you know, linear. Yeah, or no kidding. So right. yeah, I mean, you're a great example of that as well. So <laughs> <laughs> what was one, now that you've said it, what was one of your play hard favorite activities while you were there? Oh, I know you worked hard. Um, let's see. I mean, just like everyone, I think just, you know, like I said, hanging out at Murphy's, um, mm-hmm. those types of things. But I even like really, I enjoyed, um, I think we called it Wimpy back then. It was like the smaller fitness center, but oh, sure, to take sure, like sure, classes sure. there, go work out. Um, that was always fun. And I think honestly, just sitting on the quad and hanging out like that was just there whether it was like it. yeah, middle of the day or late at night, whenever it may be. Those were probably my you know just the time you spend. It doesn't even matter where on campus with people and the unlimited amount of time you had to like talk about everything and anything which you don't get anymore in life i think yeah my favorites <laughs> we're all patiently waiting for it to dry out the quad's a little soggy right oh, now yeah, but it, it's imagine. coming it's coming around the corner february yeah. right ahead of us so yeah. all right i'll let you get back at it again thank you so much for hanging out and next time you're in town you have to stop by six and daniel hundred percent thank you so much for having me this is a lot of fun appreciate it <laughs> all right Thank <laughs> you.